the message I'm going to bring today is um, being transformed into the image of Christ. As soon as I told Adam that's what I wanted to speak on, I thought, what did I do? <laughs> I'm not qualified. But the Holy Spirit is qualified, so I asked him to do it instead. Bless you, Lord. Okay, so I'll get into it then. This is based on 2 Corinthians 3.18. And if you have Bibles, you can turn there. People used to always have Bibles. Now, I mostly do it on my phone. It says, but we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as from the Lord, the Spirit. There's something a little odd about the scripture, but we all with unveiled face, talking about the veil that's removed in Christ from reading the scriptures and really getting revelation, behold, we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as from the Lord the Spirit. I would think that if you're looking at an image of Jesus, you're looking and seeing through something, a picture of Jesus, it would be a window. But it doesn't say that. It's a mirror. So what are you supposed to see in the mirror? Your own image. When you behold the image of the Lord, you are beholding your own image. Your true image. The way that He sees you. He's not ignorant of the fact of our sins or our shortcomings or our sorrows or all the ways that we're not like him. He's not ignorant of that. But we may be ignorant of how holy and pure and wonderful and cleansed and renewed and transformed we really are. Because anything that is not Christ that you're dealing with right now will fall off, and nothing that is Christ will dissipate. You are created in the very image of God. What did God say when he was creating Adam? Let us make man... In our own image. Let us make man in our own image. Okay. Let's go back before creation. Before time, before space, before planets, before anything. There was something. There was the Father, there was the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and they were playing. I don't, I don't know what they were playing, Red Rover, Red Rover, let Jesus come over. And they're holding hands. 
But anyway, they're, ha they're having fun. The father got an idea. <clears throat> I really love my son. It's a brilliant idea. Oh, I just thought of it. Why don't we make him a bride? Why don't we make him a bride? Why else did he create the heavens and the earth? Why else did he make anything except that he was looking for the day that his son would be married? In order to be married, he has to be married to someone that's his equal. His son is spirit, so he has to have someone who is spirit. Every time he made anything, when he made the heavens and the earth, he was thinking of you. He knew you would be here. He knew you would be his bride. He was thinking of you when he made the heavens and the earth. He was thinking of you when he separated the waters from the water, when he made the dry land appear, when he created the grass and the trees and the creatures. He was thinking all the time about you. You're it for him. Everything else is going to burn up or you know, there's all kinds of... Uh, Theories about what it means for the earth to burn up, make a new heaven and a new earth and all of that. But you are the apple of his eye from before the beginning of creation. I was praying this uh, last week. I do that once a month. For a month. <laughs> but uh, I was praying and I got this beautiful picture. I'll just share it with you. I saw Jesus with the boys. They'd been raising the dead, healing the sick, and cleansing lepers, and feeding the poor. They were just walking along the road, and Jesus was thirsty. And there was a pool of water. So Jesus goes over, and he gets down to take a drink of water, and he looks into these cool, clear pure water, still waters, and he sees his own image. Come on. And he says this to himself. First, a smile breaks out on his face. He's looking at his own image in the water. A smile breaks out on his face from his mouth to his cheeks to his eyes. And he says, oh, how beautiful and glorious it is to be human. This was probably not the first time, but I believe he was in awe. Here's God. fashioned the human being to dwell in, to live in, to belong to him and him to her. Jesus has a very high estimation of mankind. Each one of you, every one of us is more highly esteemed than we can possibly imagine. Okay, 
So the image of Christ is our own true image. Scripturally, I cannot deal with this topic. This topic cannot be dealt with in a Sunday morning sermon. I mean, it would take such a thorough study and presentation of Scripture because it's such a beautiful topic. But I can say some things about it. And hopefully we'll get through at least what I have written down in Scriptures. Because this is our life. What it's really about is I, I want us to break off the thinking of the old man, which is so entrenched in Christian religion, where I am going to be a good Christian. I'm going to be a good person. Just die. It's so much easier to be crucified with Christ and receive the benefit of a lifetime of obedience even to death upon a cross. His obedience was perfected through sufferings. Jesus not only paid the penalty for all of our sins, the ones you haven't committed yet, not only did he take everything on himself, but he gave us the reward of his complete obedience to God. So every curse is nailed to the tree. We have a process whereby we have to apply that, but it's so powerful. It, it's so powerful. And every blessing that he earned belongs to you. So the image of Christ is our own true image. And it better be. Because how would we get from here to there? if that were not already true inside of us. Our spirit is awakened and alive unto God, belongs to God. It's not a slave of sin. We're not slaves of sin. We mess up. There's no getting around the realities of what happens in our life. But the reality of who you are in Christ Jesus, the reality of how that you are transformed into his image by beholding his beauty. It says, you know, we behold the glory of the Lord and in the mirror, and we're changed from glory to glory. It's when you get a revelation of the beauty of Jesus that you get transformed. It witnesses with your true image and the inner man. Okay. I don't know how this is going to go. We don't have a, you know, big uh, volunteer spirit this morning. So, but I, I'm going to ask anyway. For just a word, you can just speak it out. What are some of the words that you would use to describe Jesus? I have a list if nobody says anything. Good. He's good? Yes, Jesus is good. He's holy, beautiful, majestic. What was that? Perfect. Faithful, my friend, what is it? Giving, creative, shepherd, the word, forgiving. Is this, is this not a beautiful image? You know? I'll, I'll, I just threw together a quick list. He's holy, most of these are in it. 
He's holy, pure, merciful, compassionate, strong, healing, powerful, loving, self-sacrificing, brave, intelligent, important, confident, peaceful, uncompromising, life-giving, gifted, gracious, kind, gentle, anointed. We run out of words, and this list is exactly how he sees you. It's how he sees you. He's in love. Some say love is blind. <laughs> He's not blind. But he is in love. Your Holy Spirit is more than we could ever dream of or ask for God. And you gave us your Holy Spirit. He is not naive. He's not ignorant. But he is in love with you. Why else would he come here? Why else would he give his life? You know, a lot of answers would be to save the human race. Well, why would he save the human race? Let them expire. They'll kill themselves eventually. Because he loves you so, so much. He's ravished by his love for you. Individually, each one of you, and corporately as the body of Christ. That's why he would come here. And he sees your true image. And there is like, we are going to get to it. There is evidence. You can't get around it. This is completely scriptural. It's, you know, it's far more scriptural than try to be a good Christian and end up with a Pharisee. All of your efforts don't matter. That's not, oh, it's, it's like a paradox. We cooperate more than initiate. In our relationship with Jesus Christ, we're on a path. There's a spirit of life in you. There's a spirit of resurrection power inside of you. It changes and transforms us. We go through experiences. The word says that he works all things together for the good to those that love God and are called according to his purpose. And that purpose is to be transformed into the image of Christ. It says it right in the scriptures. So you have the spirit of light in you. You have the spirit of, of God within you. And you go through circumstances and you go through painful things. But he brings you through to the place where you're forgiving the other people. You're receiving forgiveness yourself. You're growing. You're changing. How are you growing and changing? The same as a blade of grass. Nobody knows how. You put a seed in the ground. The sun shines on it. The rain comes on it. And the seed grows up into a plant. The holy seed is in you. Everything you go through works together. If it's a painful, hard experience, it's how he comforted you. It's how you forgave that person, whatever the thing is. But it works together for your good. He doesn't send painful experiences your way to improve you. But when you go through stuff because you're in this world, and guess what? There's thorns in the world. That's why there's suffering. There's sin. There's ignorance. There's hatred. And there's just us messing up. Partly because we don't know who we are and partly because we're just not completely there yet. But it's in you. 
that which is holy and pure and good is the innermost parts of your being. You're not an unholy person trying to get holy. You're a holy person discovering that holiness. He is so kind. He is so good. And he will settle for nothing less than the most amazing bride ever conceived of, which is you. Wow. I'm supposed to be done at 12? 12? 12 to 12.15? Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, worship's over at 11.30? Okay, 12.15. First Corinthians 6.17 says, But the one who joins himself to the Lord is one spirit with him. Same chapter, verse 19. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Is that just like a bad person walking around with something really wonderful inside? The Holy Spirit's in your spirit. So that makes your spirit holy. You know, I, I, I gave a message a long time ago on unity, and it was about the body. At one point I was talking about how the, the Word of God says that we are members one of another. That means I am a part of you, and you are a part of me. Well, that just doesn't seem to make sense. Because you're sitting on that chair, and I'm standing over here. I'm a part of you, and you're a part of me. How does that work? Well, we are spiritual beings. My spirit is in him. His spirit is in me. Amanda's spirit is in him. His spirit is in Amanda. My spirit's in him. His spirit's in me. Amanda's spirit's in him. His spirit's in Amanda. We're one. We are one. We are one. What hurts one part of the body hurts us all. Is this good? You getting something out of this? I hope so. Thank you. Okay, so there's a bunch of scriptures here. How did this all come about? Because we knew that we were dead in our, spin, in our sins. We knew that we were dead spiritually. So how did we get to this place where our spirit's in him and his spirit's in us and we are holy, his bride? Let's go to Romans uh, chapter 6. This is really cool stuff. I'm going to read a fair bit of scripture here today. This is the mirror. There's two places at least where it talks about a mirror. One place is, uh, I think it's it James or John. 
But it talks about, you know, being a doer of the word, not a hearer only. That, that, that a man who doesn't do the word of God is a hearer only. He looks at himself in the mirror, like a man who walks, looks in an earthly, like a regular mirror, and he walks away and he forgets what he looks like. But if you're a doer of the word, it's not that way. But there's the other place that in a mirror is, is what we have looked at today, where we're transformed into his image. When we behold his glory in this mirror, we're transformed into the same image. When you look in here, why is it that you love Jesus and everything that he does? I mean, that is just, we are just in love, yeah? I mean, I get wrecked. I get undone by his love for me. So when you look in here, when you behold something beautiful, when you behold something that you love, you become like the thing that you're beholding. Did you know that? You become what you behold. Any strong emotional tie, even if you despise, say, your earthly father. And you swear, I will never be like that man. I will never do the things that he did. And you have an intense bitterness or hatred towards that man. Guess what? You will do the things he did. You will be judged with the same judgments that you judged him. Because that emotional connection causes something to take place where you are being transformed and changed. In a very temporal sense. When you behold something that you absolutely adore. Let's say you just made some new friends, and one of your friends' name is Bill, and he's, he, does, he has this expression he's always doing, like, oh, yeah, I always do that. Right? You're around Bill for a few months. He's a new friend. You really like him. He goes, oh, yeah, I always do that. You find yourself, Bill's nowhere around. One day you're talking to some, some other friends, and you say, oh, yeah, I always do that. That ever happened to you? It's like, where'd that come from? Well, Bill. I really, really like Bill, and I find I'm, I'm talking like him. How did that happen? You set your affections on something, and something else is going on inside that you don't really understand. It just comes out. It just jumps out. When we look into the mirror, which is the Word of God, and we see the beauty of the Lamb of God, it's having an imprint. There's something inside of us that's witnessing with what's on the page, because that's What's inside of us is the Word of God. What's inside of us is the Spirit of the Lord. And He knows that's His home. He knows that's Him. But it's us. It's our true image. It's not a fairy tale. If, this will, if, if, if we'll walk with more of a consciousness of this reality, it'll be a whole lot easier in life because we'll progress. We'll enjoy more the presence of God, the power of God, the goodness of God. And some of this other old stuff will fall off more than trying to quit. I mean, there's, there's a place for discipleship. There's a place for uh, wanting to do what's right and good. That comes from our heart. That's abs- but, but there is also a, a striving where I, I, I got to get it done. I got I to get it done. I have to be a good person. That will not get you anywhere. 
And the other stuff is born of his spirit. You have a renewed mind. Your thoughts of wanting to change and grow and be like him, of course he's in that. And he's going to empower you. Come on. Somebody's excited. <laughs> Romans 6, 3 to 11. Oh, let me read something else first. Whenever I turn here, my eyes go to Romans 5, 10, because it's the top of the page and it's marked up. But I love it. I just love it. Romans 5, 10. For while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God. For if, sorry, for if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son. Reconciliation now is a past tense. We have been, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son. Much more having been reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. We were reconciled by his death. We will be saved by his life. What is that? Is life as a rabbi? He left some good teachings? Is it Jesus that's around us and taking care of us? How are you saved by his life? It's the life that is in you. You're saved by his life. Romans 6. What shall we say? Oh, yeah, what shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may increase? May it never be. Shall we who died to sin still live in it? Or do you not know that all of you who have been baptized into Christ Jesus have been baptized into his death? Therefore, we have been buried with him through baptism into death in order that as Christ was raised from the dead to, to the, through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. For if you have become united with him in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, I don't think... The author's talking about the resurrection after, you know, when we die. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is not only for in the sweet by and by. There's a resurrection power that works within you now. If we become united in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old self was crucified with him, that our body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin, for he who has died is freed from sin. Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ having been raised from the dead, is never to die again. Death no longer is master over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once and for all, but the life that he lives, he lives to God. Even so, consider yourselves to be dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Jesus was resurrected from the dead on the earth. And so others came out of the, the tombs also. 
So he was resurrected and still alive on earth. There's a resurrection power that works within us. Because if my spirit joins to the spirit of the Lord and he's been raised from the dead, he went into death to take everything like our junk. Obviously, there was nothing on him worthy or deserving of death. So he took everything that's not of him into death. This is for walking in victory. I'm going to turn also to Titus. I read that so often I had to look up where, what order the books were in. 3 verse 4 to 7. But when the kindness of God our Savior and his love for mankind appeared, he saved us. Not on the basis of deeds which we have done in righteousness, but according to his mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewing by the Holy Spirit. Whom he poured out upon us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior. That being justified by his grace, we might be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Okay, what is an heir? An heir is not somebody who works for an inheritance. They receive an inheritance from the one who worked for the inheritance. Life is fun. You know, when we mess up, whatever the thing is, we, we fell short. We missed the mark. I had something this week where I felt God wanted me to go and pray for this person and I didn't. When I asked God, he said, basically, that doesn't matter, I love you. I could ask what would the outcome have been. And it could be that it was, you know, I wanted to heal that person or whatever. And that's okay too. But there was absolutely no judgment, no condemnation. There was only this love which sets me free to go on further and do more. It's for freedom's sake that Christ set you free. Free from sin, but our biggest sin is trying to be good. A consciousness of holiness will produce far more fruit of goodness than trying. All we can actually do on our own is clean the outside of the cup. It's the inside. The outside's going in the ground. You are not going in the ground. You are joined to him forever now. Wow. Jesus 
I'm so in awe of Jesus. I'm so in awe. I love God's presence. Not because it's a specific kind of feeling. God could go away and leave his presence and I'd be happy. It's because it's the presence of God. It's because it's the presence of Jesus. My hero, my lover. I'm wrecked. <coughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> I'm wrecked. There's nothing else. There's nothing else worth living for. There's no greater purpose. I mean, I still go to work. In fact, I enjoy going to work more now than I have in a long time. We still do what we do. Okay, heirs don't work for stuff. They inherit it. Romans 8, 28 to 30. It's another one of my favorites. I just mentioned it earlier. All things work together for the good. But there's a little bit that goes beyond that that makes this such a beautiful scripture. Actually, 26 is good, too. We'll start there. Hey. <laughs> and in the same way, the Spirit also helps our weakness. For we do not know how to pray as we should, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. You know, when you're interceding for the saints according to the will of God, you need revelation. The Holy Spirit gives it to you because you're interceding. So if you're not interceding, you're not going to get it. He searches the hearts. He who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that God, this is it. God works all things together. He causes all things to work together for good to those that love God and who are called according to his purpose. And here's his purpose. For whom he foreknew. What do you mean foreknew? What do you mean foreknew? Maybe before he created the heavens and the earth, he was going to create a bride and he saw you. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed to the image of his son. He predestined to become conformed to the image of his son that he might become the firstborn among many brethren. How could he predestine that? Because he knew he was going to put the power in you to be transformed into the image of Christ. We are recipients of salvation, of this great grace that we walk in. We can't earn it. It's like somebody gives you this wonderful gift and you go out and try and earn it. You already own the gift. 
And all you can do by trying to earn it is insult the person who gave you the gift. Someone loved you enough to give you this wonderful gift and now you're going to go try and earn, be good enough and I better do them a favor. Maybe I'll drive them to work for a week. What's that about? Real love would say thank you and appreciate the love in which the gift was given. I just want to tweak our paradigms. I don't want us to abandon the whole thing in our heart's desire for walking in holiness and truth, revelation, understanding, wisdom, insight, love, agreeing with God, agreeing with Jesus, agreeing with the Word of God. This is how life should be, cooperating with the Holy Spirit and fulfilling these things. That's reality. Condemning yourself because you're not where you should be stinks. That's not reality. Judging yourself in that way is not reality. If you want to judge yourself, judge yourself accurately. You are in him. He is in you. And you are holy because of the work of Christ, because of the shed blood of Jesus Christ. He took you into death. He was, you were baptized into his death. That's where you got joined together with the Lord. You got baptized into his death. So the sinner's dead, gone. It's a paradigm shift. It's, a, it's, it's putting on the helmet of salvation to protect our minds, our renewed minds from the lies of the enemy. Because he's the one that's always trying to spurn us on to do the things that sometimes he wants us to do something that he knows we'll fail at. And then we'll, we'll feel condemned and blame God as if it was God that told us to do it. Can you follow that thinking? Yeah? Oh, good. I thought maybe I created a cloud of dust. Mm, God is so good. Yeah, Romans 28, or Romans 6, uh, 8, 28 to 30. Okay, so whom he foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. And whom he predestined, he also, these he also called. And whom he called, these he also justified. And whom he justified, these he also... Anybody know? Glorified. You're a glorified human being. You're Christified. That's the word I made up today. But it works. I'm Christified. I'm bedazzled. The bride is sleeping beauty. Dead in our sins. All we need is a kiss from the prince. And we are raised. We're brought out of that state that Sleeping Beauty was in. A kiss from the prince, from Prince Charming, and we awaken to life with Jesus. Oh, so much more than any of us can comprehend. He glorified. We behold as in a mirror the image of the Lord 
we behold his glory, and from glory to glory we are transformed into the same image. And right here, those he predestined, he also, and justified, he also glorified. Justified means we're in. Not going to hell. Praise God. Whatever that is. A lot of people have a lot of ideas. None of them are clear. Those he justified, he also glorified. Romans 12.2 says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So if we're going to try and be, I don't know, disciplined, good, whatever, that's not renewing. That's, that Pharisee thing has been around a long time. I mean, walking with God in the earth is so wonderful. It's not an escape from reality to think this way. It, I believe it delights Jesus so much when we think we've already arrived. And that might sound like arrogance or pride or something. Already arrived at what? At having been saved by my Savior. At being safe in the arms of my King. Not only did he save me, not only did he rescue me, he's transforming me. I've been changed. On the inside, the outside's catching up with what's going on on the inside. Yeah, praise him. Wow. Wow, Jesus, you're so good. Oh, Ephesians 4.23 says, Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. How do we do all of this? Remember Romans 5.10. We're saved by his life. We're saved by his life. It's his life in us. We're saved by his life. I mean, that, that's got to become a life scripture for me. Romans 5.10. He is both the author and the finisher of your faith. Does the word say that? It does. He is the author and the finisher of your faith. Who is? I am? No. He is. Oh man, is it good to be saved. Oh my God, it is good to be in Jesus. It's so He said, only abide in me and you'll bear good fruit. Because he does good things. It's, It's more about yielding. Yielding to the Spirit that's within you. The Holy Spirit's within you. If you use this book, when you look in here, it's supposed to be a mirror and remind you of your true image and who you are. If you turn this into a list of rules and regulations and things you ought to do to look more like Jesus, you've missed it. He paid for something more than that. He would just have more children. He wouldn't have a bride. I want to dig into this bride thing. 
If we try to become what he's already made us, we negate the work of the cross. Come on. I see smiles. You've already died and been raised to live a new life in and by and for him. Praise God. We have five minutes left and I'm done. That was the last thing. I was concerned. Listen, you guys are so beautiful. I mean that. This is not, I don't say this stuff to have an effect that whatever. When I look at you and I say, wow, what an amazing group of people, I mean, wow, what an amazing group of people. I see his bride. I see the apple of his eye. You are, every one of you, like a jujube. Chewy and sweet. Just, ooh, yummy. I could just gobble you up. That's how I see the body of Christ. Uh, food. No. Uh, <laughs> Bless you, Jesus. Oh, you're so wonderful, Lord God. Oh, you're so wonderful. Ah. Oh. What's it all about? What is life all about? We praise and worship Him. One of the greatest experiences on earth. It is. I love it. We feed. Our spirit feeds on this. This is manna for us. This is the bread of life for us. I love this word. Okay. Bless you, Lord Jesus. We love you. This incredible, oh, this incredible salvation Oh, Lord God, what you did, making the heavens and the earth, thinking of the human race, Jesus time and again looking at himself in a pool of water and being in awe, was so amazing for him to be human. I don't believe that when Jesus came to earth, it's just looking to the cross that I have to go suffer. He was looking forward to an amazing experience of becoming a human. That he thinks, he thinks is absolutely glorious and beautiful. That's you. I ask, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, that you will work this word into our spirit, our heart, our mind. Anything that I have said, Father, that is inaccurate, untrue, let it fall by the wayside. But the truth of the gospel, the beauty of our Savior, the power of the resurrection, these things, Lord God, help us. Help us to keep our hearts and our minds fixed on you and your work in us, Lord God, what you're really doing. 